Okay, guys, so here's the thing. The plan was after Saturday that I was going to come in here, talk about the game that happened right away, and upload it to Monday, knowing that there might be a slight possibility that my feelings for how that game ended on Saturday would not register over to Monday. And I was thinking to myself, well, if maybe if I let it stew for a day, and if I come back and I try and talk about the game, maybe my feelings and maybe my thoughts would be a little bit different. Well, it turns out as it is uh, Monday morning here, as I am recording this podcast about ready to talk about the game on Saturday night, that my thoughts have not changed. And I basically could have just gotten this out of the way and everything would have been fine. But nevertheless, my feelings are this. The Vegas Golden Knights need to figure something out and figure something out quick. Because Saturday night was probably... and Again, I know we're, what, 15 games in? But there's got to be something done. There's got to be a change. There's got to be a shakeup. Because back-to-back losses like that are inexcusable. With that being said, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Monday to you. It is a brand new work week. And, uh, well, the Vegas Golden Knights are not going to be feeling home sweet home right about now because they're about to start on a four-game road trip uh, starting on Tuesday against the Columbus Blue Jackets. And the Golden Knights kind of need to have something going with this road trip because, well, as we'll talk about in a little bit, they choked once again. Welcome back, everybody. I am your host, Danny Webster, Vegas correspondent for NHL.com, site manager for SP Nation's Knights on Ice. And uh, as we do, before we even dive into this game, um, if this is the first time you've come across this podcast, welcome and buckle up. Uh, we are a daily podcast talking about the Vegas Golden Knights Monday through Friday here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. We are more than likely on that forum. Uh, if you are on Apple Podcasts, please feel free to leave us a review and a rating. Let, let us know how we're doing on the podcast. Any uh, feedback, good, bad, or indifferent, is always uh, more welcomed and is tailored to making this podcast better, tailored to making me a better host, and all that other jazz, I guess you can say. Um, go ahead, and uh, if you are on Twitter, follow us on Twitter at LockedOnVGK. Follow me on Twitter at DannyWebster21, and you can also send us an email to LockedOnGoldenKnights at gmail.com. So, oh boy. <laughs> you know, you figure you have all... you. You figure when you have a day to kind of let this stew over, you really have you really have a platform of what you want to say. You have you have the idea of okay, how are you going to frame this? How are you going to frame that? And by the time you finish framing your entire argument or framing your entire discussion, you come to the mindset of well, pretty much this is exactly what I was going to say and it's probably going to be the same exact thing only 2 days prior. But here here's the bottom line of what I'm trying to say. The Vegas Golden Knights flat out choked on Saturday night. Not only did they choke, they choked against a team that the night prior were in San Jose and allowed 53 shots on goal and still somehow won that game. 
They are facing a very tired Winnipeg Jets team on the second game of a back-to-back. They come to Las Vegas, and for the better part of the first period, looked like they were about to get run out of the gym because the Golden Knights went up 3-1 to at the end of the first period. It was a very solid first period, a very solid rebounding first period after they gave up the opening goal, 2-19 in, by the way, to Matthew Perot, who scored at 2-19 to give the Jets a 1-0 lead. After that, the Golden Knights, for I, I guess you could say for the better part of a, a span of less than four minutes in the third in the first period, took it to the Jets. And you saw that they were tired. You saw that they were pretty much worn out from the night before. They were pretty much dead. And all Vegas had to do was keep the foot on the gas and go into this upcoming road trip next week on a good note. It started on the power play at 451. Jonathan Marcheseau scores his third goal of the year, ties at 1-1. Seven minutes even, a terrific play by Mark Stone off the boards, forcing the turnover, controlling the puck, walking into the zone, finding Max Pacioretty, cross ice, goal 2-1. Vegas is off and running, and then a 4-on-4 goal for Nate Schmidt. It is 3-1. Everything is working perfectly for the Gold Knights. You could not script a better start up 3-1. And especially you could not script a better start knowing that this team has not had much success in T-Mobile Arena. They're four and Vegas is four and one, including the playoffs all time at T-Mobile Arena. So everything is working out perfectly until we get to the third period. Now, I was joking with a couple of a uh, couple of colleagues after the after we were leaving and they and they brought up a very good point. If I could just pretty much take Thursday's, take, actually no, take Friday's podcast after the Montreal game, and kind of just edit over everything that I said and just insert the teams and the score and whatnot and change a few things here and there, it probably would be the same thing. The Golden Knights had a two goal lead in the third period, and they blew it. And my God, did they blow it! Perot scores his second of the game at 10.02 to make it 3-2 on the power play. And then 3.15 later, Mark Shifley on, well, I guess we'll be calling this the non-icing call heard around the world because, and we'll discuss it in a little bit. Uh, but Shifley scores to make it 3-3 and then Kyle Connor in overtime, 4-3, the final score. Now, I can go on and on about how that icing call should not have been called. Vegas got robbed, this, that, and the other thing. And all that is true. That that call should not have, that call should have been made. Uh, it should have been icing. And Vegas should have had taken a draw in the offensive zone. That did not happen. And I think we'll talk about that in a little bit more, um, in a little bit. But ruining a rather solid performance from Malcolm Subban, uh, who was taking the net in place of the sick Mark andre Fleury, who has been dealing with the flu. Uh, the Golden Knights made an emergency recall, I believe it was Friday, uh, for Garrett Sparks, and no one really knew what in the world was happening. Um, but it turns out that Mark andre Fleury had the flu. Uh, Sparks has been reassigned to AHL Chicago, so Fleury will be available for this upcoming road trip. But Subban's first start since October 10th, when he had that lower body injury against Arizona, and Subban was fantastic for most of the night and you know outside of you know maybe that first goal which you know even even then wasn't really his fault that was just a bad turnover by Derek England 
and that which led to uh, the Jets coming back the other way and scoring the goal uh, rather uh, rather easily on a poor defenseless Subban. Subban played well. I mean, to make 35 saves, it really it shouldn't have even gotten to 35 saves. But he played well in his first start in three weeks. This was really not a game where you can blame him. And a lot of the, a lot of the times where he's gotten the call in the net, it hasn't been his fault. But then you look at the shot chart. Vegas outshot Winnipeg 10-9 to in the first period. Over the course of the second and third period, the Jets outshot Vegas 26-14. to That is, un- wow. <laughs> that is, wow. Um, that is a terrible way to end this homestand. It's a terrible way to pretty much say we feel like we were the better team and we just gave up. That, that that's basically what that was told to me. Uh, we're, we will definitely dive in to this, uh, more at length in a little bit, um, especially coming up in the following segment, but you know what? Just even talking about this game, you know, it's making me hungry. You know what the best way to kind of cure that hunger is? Use DoorDash. You don't even need to leave. Just use DoorDash and treat yourself to the meal that you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get at $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and you enter the promo code Locked On. So when I was going to start talking about this game and when I was putting my thoughts together on how I was going to form this, the first thing I went back to was the game on Sunday against Anaheim. And I recall the last time we talked about that game before or beforehand, which I believe was either Friday or we did a show on Saturday. I can't remember off the top of my head. But I remember saying in the Anaheim game, the Golden Knights needed that win. The Golden Knights needed that win after getting demolished by the Colorado Avalanche 6-1 to on Friday. So maybe we did talk about it on Saturday. The Golden Knights needed that win against Anaheim, and they did. They went out and won 5-2 to in one of their better performances of the season, and they defended home ice, and everything was fine, and everything seemed to be on the right track. And I can honestly say, for out of the last 120-plus minutes of hockey, about, if I can do math here, about 110 of those minutes have been extremely good for the Golden Knights. 110 minutes have been about as good of a good of a batch as ho- of hockey as one could imagine. The Montreal game we can chalk up to bad puck luck in favor of the Golden Knights or against the Golden Knights, I should say. We can chalk that up to bad puck luck. Uh, the the two time goals were based off one getting the first one was the puck uh, hitting off Tatar's fist and it went in, and then Gallagher's skate uh, the puck went off his skate, went off McNabb's skate. And then it went in and all of a sudden we're tied and then defensive lapses in overtime and not being awake and all that jazz uh, led to Vegas losing five to four against Montreal against Winnipeg. I, I, I don't know that that was an abysmal final period that was, really that was an abysmal second and third period. The Golden Knights just coasted like they had their chances in the second period, but they were obviously not a lot. Uh, the high danger chances for Winnipeg were not that great in the second period. Subban made great, made solid saves, didn't have to do much, even though, what was it? He saw, I believe it was 10 shots in the second period. None of them were really high danger. 
So Subban really didn't have to work that much. And for the be- for the most part, at the beginning of the third period, Subban really didn't need to work that much until uh, Perot scored that first goal or the- scored his second goal, uh, the first one of the third period. That's when Winnipeg started getting their legs back and they started putting the uh, the attack on Vegas. Now, before we get into the the results and the ramifications of what this game means. Uh, heading into a four-game road trip, uh, I will say this. Uh, The NHL officials working this game on Saturday night did not have their best performance. Uh, I I don't know how that wasn't icing. I don't know how you don't call that. That, uh, basically looking at at the replay, Nate Schmidt is hunting down Kyle Connor uh, making his way toward the puck, the referee has his hand up, ready to call for icing. And I guess by way of Schmidt slipping and crashing into the boards, that was the official's way of saying, oh, no, that's not icing. Like, you need to call that in that situation. That, that was a terrible non-call. However, I will say this. Kudos to Kyle Connor for not stopping on the play. Because if I was if I was him in that situation, if I knew there was a possibility that they would blow the play dead, I would completely stop. Connor did not stop. He was able to gather the puck, make a, an incredible pass to Mark Shifley, and then he beats Subban to tie the game. So in that aspect, that was a terrific play uh, by the Jets to not stop on the play and tie the game. Now for the ramifications of this game. I, we talked about it a little bit before, how the Golden Knights getting off to a slow start at home is probably one of the least talked about storylines of this young season. And I get it. They've played nine home games. There are 32 left. There's a lot that can change between now and then. But, oh, my God, how do you blow back-to-back two-goal leads against teams that were playing the second night of a back-to-back. Now, I get it. Those teams won their respective games in the first half of the back-to-back. Montreal won in Arizona, and then they went on to win Vegas. Uh, Winnipeg went on to beat uh, San Jose the night before, and they ended up beating Vegas. Again, the the Montreal game, you chalk it up to bad puck luck, you move on to another day. This one has absolutely no merit there is no reason on this planet why the golden knights should have blown that lead icing call no icing call uh whatever the case may be there is no reason absolutely zero reason why the golden knights should have lost this game as a result of that the golden knights are now four three and two at home through nine games even If you believe in the fact that there is no really 500, there's no 500 uh, winning percentage when it comes to hockey when you're evaluating this sort of thing, the Golden Knights have technically lost five games at home out of nine. And yeah, they got four out of six points. Actually, no, they got four out of eight points on this homestand. That is ridiculous, and that is abysmal. The Golden Knights completely just stopped playing in the second period. The signs were showing in the third period, but the fact that they maintained a 3-1 lead against the team that, once again, 
This team, this Winnipeg Jets team, I said it on Friday. They are a dangerous team. Even if they weren't really uh, blowing teams out of the water, even at 7-7 seven and seven coming into this game, the fact that they're dealing with you know Dustin Bufflin's situation, the fact that they had to deal with an entire offseason uh, regarding Patrick Laine, the fact that they had to deal with you know injuries left and right, you know suspensions here and there, all of this crap, the Jets are still good. And they are a dangerous team that can strike at any point. And the Golden Knights could not let up against that team. And the minute they got comfortable which has been a trend, especially this year. The minute they let up, they lost the game. This is the third time in nine home games that the Golden Knights have blown a two-goal lead at home and lost. Obviously, you'll be back to Thursday. You go to Saturday. The other one, that Boston Bruins game, which nobody remembers because the Bruins immediately scored four consecutive goals and completely shell-shocked the Golden Knights back in early October. That's three times in nine home games. I don't care if we are nine home games in. I don't care if we're 15 games in. That is a possible six points where if you don't let up, and maybe we can, we can chalk the Boston game up, to them just being more talented and a completely better team than the Golden Knights. But that is six possible points, and you got two. You're lucky that you got two. But the Golden Knights, no matter how you slice it, have lost five home games through the first month and change of the season. And that is completely inexcusable. And to make matters worse, Alex Tuck got hit it got hit by Adam Lowry, who, by the way, was returning after a two-game suspension he served by hitting Oliver Kylington in, uh, during the Heritage Classic. He got called for boarding. He was suspended for two games. Lowry hits Tuck, uh, I want to say with his shoulder. I, the more I looked at it, Lowry hit him with his shoulder. It wasn't a dirty hit, but the result, it, obviously, you could make the case for it was a bad hit or if it was a clean hit that just turned into a bad situation. Bottom line is, Alex Tuck is hurt again. And by the time this goes up, we have no update on Alex Tuck. I am going to venture a guess that I will be shocked as hell if Alex Tuck is playing Tuesday in Columbus. Because that looked like he took a... That could be a concussion. It could have been a concussion. That is another thing where I can say, well, maybe if Tuck wasn't hurt, they would have uh, won the game. No. As much as Alex Tuck has helped this team since he's returned, I do not want to say that that is the other reason why they lost. Vegas was in control for 50 minutes of this game, and they just let it go. So what do you do if you're Vegas? What do you do? Because again, I know, 15 games in, I don't want to say that the sky is falling. The sky isn't falling. But they should be playing much better hockey than this. They should be way better than this. They should have more points. They, they should be the top team in the Western Conference right now. If not the top team, they should be one of them. They should at least have 20 points right now. If they had taken care of business and they had done what they were supposed to do, they would have 20 points right now. They would actually be one point off Edmonton for the division lead. They'd be one off St. Louis, who is also tied with Edmonton. So they would be one off the best record in the Western Conference. 
But for some reason, they're not. So what do you do? What does Vegas do? What does Vegas do going into this road trip? How do you, how do you kind of light a spark and get things going? I think the first thing you need to do is make a couple of changes. And I think it starts at the defensive pairing. And the first change you make is breaking up the Nick Holden, Derek Anglin pairing. Now, I'm not saying that they're the reason why Vegas has gotten off to... I get, you can really say this is a struggling start. I'm not saying this is the reason. And I'm not saying that Holden or England are holding all the blame. But that pairing is not... It, it, that pairing is not it, Chief. It is not it. You cannot go from having offensive-minded defensemen, defensive-minded defensemen on your first two pairs, and then literally... Your third pair is just stay at home and hope to God nothing happens. The Golden Knights should have either Jake Bischoff or Nick Haig in that third pairing, preferably together with those two or with Holden and one of those two. Derek Anglin just has not looked it this season. And, and that this is an entire sample size to this point. Derek Anglin is a solid penalty killer. He plays defense at a solid rate, but you cannot have those two be your third pairing as a stay-at-home pairing. As you saw in the first goal, England with a, I, I guess you can say it was miscommunication. I don't really know how, be, how best to uh, describe that, but it was a miscommunication, but a terrible turnover by England. And leads to the first goal in Winnipeg's on the board. That pairing needs to be broken up. One of those two needs to be a healthy scratch. That's the first thing you got to do. The second thing you got to do is you've got to... I would even think this is kind of ridiculous, but the lines need to be shaken up. And that almost seems ridiculous to say, but that's the only, that's another way I could see that you keep a consistent game for 60 minutes, and that's shake things up. N- not to say that the Carlson line hasn't been great, not to say the Stasny line hasn't been great. Those units have been fantastic. But sometimes you need to shake things up a little bit to kind of send a message. And if that means putting 81, 71, 61 together and putting Smith where Stone was or kind of switching it up to where, like I like I answered in the mailbag last week, if that means, you know, depending on the status of Alex Tuck, if that means having Cody Glass centering a third line with Alex Tuck and Riley Smith, then do that too. But right now, the way that it's currently constructed as they've gone with this lineup for, what, what is it now, two games, it has resulted in two blown goal lead, two two blown two goal leads, and I know. And again, it is early. It is early, but there is no reason why Vegas should not have ten wins right now. There is no reason why they should not have finished this home stand better. There is no reason why that this team should not be better than realistically four and five at home. Again. This is it's early, but the fact that they're that they have a losing record at home 
I don't think is being talked about enough. Vegas got the luck of the draw by having eight home games in October out of a possible out of a total 14. Eight home games. And they won four. And they technically lost four. Even if you count the Winnipeg game, which was technically at the beginning of the month, they've had nine home games. They lost five. Right now, teams are coming into T-Mobile Arena and just taking it to Vegas. They are taking it to Vegas. Vegas has got to shake something up. You cannot stay in this conglomerate in the Pacific Division by doing the same thing over and over again. It's the old adage of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Right now, the results are as clear as day. The Golden Knights need to shake it up defensively, and they've, they've got to do something to light a spark into this team for an entire 60 minutes. Practices apparently aren't going to do it. They've had to go a couple of days now where they've had spirited practices and this, that, and the other thing, and you know what? More power to them and more power to Gerard Gallant for thinking that that's a great thing to do. In order to get the full, I guess the full ounce of 60 minutes out of this team, they've got to do something. They've got to shake something up. Not shake something up drastically, Maybe like I suggested, as far as breaking up those top lines and, you know, obviously maybe not moving Riley Smith to the third line may not be the best idea right now. And it's not a demotion of Riley Smith. It's the fact that you need to get the best out of your top nine for a full 60 minutes. And so far through the last 120 plus minutes of hockey, the fact that Vegas could be better off where they are is kind of puzzling. And again, this could all change. This could all be better in a couple weeks. They, Vegas could go and sweep this four-game road trip and be like, screw Danny. He has no idea what he's talking about. Most of the time, I don't even know what the hell I'm talking about. But in any event, Vegas could as very much go on this four-game road trip, sweep them, and everything is fine when they come back to Vegas. When they come back and play Chicago. And if they beat Chicago, hey, they're on a five-game winning streak. Everything is fine. But right now, things are not fine. Right now, Vegas is losing the teams that they should not be losing to. If you want to be the top class of the Western Conference, you need to win these games. You know, somebody tweeted at me after the game the other night that these are the games we're going to be looking back say if Vegas misses the playoffs... We'll be looking at these. Now, again, I don't think Vegas is missing the playoffs. But these are the kind of games that can definitely swing uh, swing a little uh, bad mojo here and there. I mean, the way that the tiebreaker situation is handled now and the, the weight of over, overtime and uh, shootout losses are not as uh, heavily weighted as, the, as they were in years past. I mean, that's a very definitive possibility. So, again, it's Vegas is still better off than where they were 20 games in last year. And we have a, five more games to officially determine the sample size of that between last year and this year. We, we still have time for that. I can only imagine for Golden Knights fans how frustrating it would be to see this team knowing it can 
be as better than it could be and to lose to lose two more points that they could have had over these last 3 days they played outstanding against Montreal and Winnipeg for the first two plus periods. Now, part of that also, again, could be that they should be playing better against those teams because they had literally tired from the night before. But really, right now, Vegas has got to do something going into this road trip. They need a spark. They need something to light a fire under them. Because I'm telling you what, if they go into this road trip and go, what, one in three? Or if they, get, if they come out with any less than five points on this road trip, then something's got to give. If they come out of this road trip with less than five points, then I think that we need to have another conversation. The only concern you have, really, is the status of Alex Tuck going forward. And at that point, well, we're back to square one, where the third line is just humming along and hope to God that somebody scores. But if Vegas comes away from this road trip with less than five points, this is a problem. And again, I know it's early. I'm going to keep stressing this. And part of it is for my own self-indulgence. This is early. They're early. This is still plenty of hockey left to be played. But you cannot... It's hard, I'm sure, as a Golden Knights fan. It's probably very difficult to look at these last two games and not feel some sort of deflation. I would be shocked if people were waking up after Saturday and going, you know what? The sky is still pretty good intact. The Golden Knights are not as bad as we think they are. I'm not saying the Golden Knights are bad. They still have some of the best talent in the league. But man, they should have had six out of eight points in this four-game homestand. And the fact that they came out with four when for about, what, 80, 85 minutes in two games that they should have had, that they looked like they should have had six out of eight, it's not good. And hopefully this doesn't start a trend of bad hockey because losses like that, I don't care if you get a point out of it. Losses like that can turn to disaster. And for the sake of the Golden Knights, this road trip better be a good start to getting back on track. And again, they can go 3-1 or 4-0 in the road trip and shut me up and shut a lot of people up. They got to do it, though. They They cannot have any more games like their last two. And God forbid, if they get out to a two-goal lead on Tuesday in Columbus, everybody's going to be watching like, oh, is Vegas going to blow this lead again? So, happy Monday, by the way. <laughs> Just unbelievable. Just unbelievable. So, that's going to do it for us, guys. I know that a uh, little bit on the long side, again, I was thinking on how I was going to frame this, and it was pretty much the, by the time I woke up today, it was going to be the same exact thing. The thoughts are still there. The fact that Vegas is not not better where they should be right now in terms of points is kind of alarming. It it, it just does feel alarming. It's not going to end their season, but I mean, this is why they play 82 games. And the reason why they play 82 games is because, you know, there's still time for things to happen. But at the same time, we're also at the point where we need to take trends into account. And this is a trend. So... 
We'll be back tomorrow to break down the Columbus game, which will be on Tuesday, part of the first game of a four-game road trip for the Golden Knights. And let's hope, for everybody's sake involved, that they come out and win that game. Because if they don't, whew, I might stay off Twitter that night. Not because I'm going to say anything. Of course, I'm not going to say anything. But I think a lot of people might be upset. A lot of people might be pissed. So we'll break down that game tomorrow. And we'll kind of focus on how this road trip is going to affect the Golden Knights going forward. They have a more heavy, uh, home-heavy slate toward the end of the month. Um, especially during uh, the week of Thanksgiving. So, uh, or the week leading up to Thanksgiving, I should say. So it's going to be a very uh, interesting month for the Golden Knights. And uh, we will talk about that more tomorrow. And we will discuss this road trip and its importance starting with Columbus on Tuesday. So that's going to do it, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Hope this uh, got you through the first part of your day, I guess, talking about the Golden Knights and how bad they've been. But you know what? That's what we do here. That's what we do here. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. I am Danny Webster. This has been Locked on Golden Knights, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. And we'll see you tomorrow. Have a good start to your week. And have a good day. (laughs) 